0: A very good morning, sure. I come on into today's program. I think we we're all shocked, indeed, uh, when the on-board planola decision came out, and then all of a sudden it was challenged, and they hadn't taken into account a climate change—sorry, change, a climate action change—to the legislation within uh, the country. They hadn't taken that into account um, when they could have when determining uh, the future for the Galway City Ring Road. So it ended up in court and at that stage we spoke about it extensively to many people involved in the uh, City Ring Road and the courts then had to make a decision. The decision that we were hoping for or that those that were hoping for was that it would be referred back to board Planola so they could take into account the climate action change legislation that had changed during their tenure and why they were looking at uh, the application uh, but that decision was determined in the High Court yesterday and um, I'm with Mr. Justice Richard Humphreys making some orders. Let me go to Kenny Deary who joins me uh, from Galway Chamber. Kenny, you've been all over this and the, the team who put this application together have worked through the night to figure out exactly what happens next. What does happen next? Yeah, good
1: morning, Keith, and good morning to your listeners. Uh, first of all, just before I get into that, Keith, I want to congratulate Brita Fox on her retirement to the local enterprise office in the chamber we've worked very closely with Breed and she has been a a stellar supporter of the business community. It was a lovely interview and delighted to to hear it. Um, In terms of the ring road and the decision yesterday, in essence, the decision of onboard Planola that was taken, as you eloquently put it, in November 2021 has technically been quashed. Now in a previous era, that would have been significantly problematic and could have ended this particular application cycle. However, thankfully, there has been a legislative change. And what that has facilitated is the courts now have a remedy to bring the case back before the board in on board Planola for consideration. And what they've asked the board to do is consider from the date of the Climate Action Bill, actually from the date after which the inspector's report was submitted, which was earlier in 2021. For your listeners, if we remember, this application submitted since 2018 as part of a Galway Transport Strategy launched in 2016. So there's been a significant amount of consultation consultation, engagement, and work on this. When the application was submitted in 18, the uh, on-board Planola set about their work, and part of that was preparing for an oral hearing process. And if we remember rightly, the oral hearing started, I always remember, the, the mm. overcast day out at the G in March 2020, got into great gusto for the first few weeks, and then COVID hit, which meant that the oral hearing was suspended and didn't pick up again until October 2020 in a Microsoft Teams view, which was... A significant challenge, to be fair, for ABP at the time, because the consultation and the the depth of involvement from right across the board was significant. And it was difficult moving that into a team's environment at that stage. However, the oral hearing completed and you'll remember and your listeners will remember you and I talking, I think, four times throughout 2021, the decision was being deferred. It was being delayed. We were fairly animated and outraged because the passage of time has always been the biggest challenge on this project. Um, However, a decision was made, and alas, a piece of climate action legislation was enacted within a few days that hadn't been factored into it, which beggars belief in many ways that that could have happened. However, that's what the court adjudicated on yesterday. So I think, Keith, from the business community perspective, People know and, and large corporates and businesses know these projects take time. They look from across the world, they take time. However, at this stage, we're at a point now of immense frustration and I think fatigue in many ways that the facts haven't changed. There isn't no matter what proponents. And I was angered by some of what i seen on social media yesterday, yesterday evening from those celebrating this technical quashing yesterday. But number one, it's 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 just another step in the process. Number two, those opposing it don't have alternatives that are any way meet the needs of the three core groups who really are impacted by this. The people in the city trying to move about the city, the commuters to and from the city, and the people west of the city who want to get east without going through the city. And I think any of those who are against it and were celebrating yesterday evening, they there's very little to be celebrating, because in essence, this is just another step in a process. And I think Antisha put it very eloquently on your programme at one stage early last year, when he talked about all the fair processes have taken place here. We have consulted, consulted to within an nth degree of consultation on this project. It was approved by ABP. Clearly, there was a misstep in ABP in missing that piece of legislation. And it's back before them basically to remake the decision and either go a yes or a no, or if it's a case that further detail is needed, ask the inspectors to reopen the case and and, uh, seek that further information, what that may look like. And I think everybody is is trying to figure out what, what next steps are both the local authorities as the applicants obviously abp we know and this is our big call i think from the chamber movement in particular keith on this project on both Clinola, we know from other coverage not for us to get into have their own challenges at the moment we know there's a significant backlog of cases within abp and i think the the big call from all and i know it's an independent body darrell breen as minister has significant draft legislation to change possibly the way they operate. But we need this case prioritised and accelerated, because in essence, it's back before them for adjudication based on something that they missed. So we cannot have Galway and the West of Ireland community in general, not just the business community, held up and held in in further limbo of a couple of years whilst they work through a caseload. This needs to be prioritised. I think that's the absolute call this morning from all.
0: And um I mean, you've you've covered it well. Um, I mean, there are homeowners involved in this as well that are left in limbo as well. and mentally they're finding this very difficult. so um as somebody absolutely else, as somebody else from with a green background said to me, we need a determination on this one sooner rather than later, and then we can decide where we go next with this, but it needs a decision. Will you stay with me, if you don't mind? I want to go to Peter Butler, who is Chair of the Galway Planning Committee with Antashka, and he's issued us a statement as well today. Uh, Peter, good morning to you.
2: Good morning, Keith. How are you? Thanks
0: for joining us uh, today. Good. What's your reaction? Would you be one of those people, let's get a decision, a, a determination on this?
2: Well, we certainly need a decision because we, we can't be stuck in limbo. But two things I'd I'd agree with Kenneth on something which he might find surprising. I agree that people need to be able to get to work and need to be able to travel. And employers need their people to turn up on time. It's how that's achieved okay? is, is the question. The Climate Action Plan has targets such as 50% reduction in climate in emissions, a migration from the use of private cars to public transport, a reduction in, car, in the use of cars. Those objectives, I can't see how the Ring Road, as proposed, supports those objectives. Therefore, my view is that I think that when Abor Panola goes back and looks at this, I think it's more likely than not that they'll refuse it. Um, that's my real, that's the reality you, the reality you
0: is think sorry people you think that they will refuse it you just yeah. think taking think everything it. into account and yeah. knowing the way that it's written and what what the outcome yeah. has to be you think that this will be rejected
2: I think it is I think that I mean this spring road was never about facilitating public transport in fact there's not even no buses would ever use it it will, it will increase emissions that's already in the in the plans and when the plans were put in place the engineering team didn't have to consider the climate action plan um, and maybe they worked on it a long time but when they do and it is assessed okay i think it likely will not be approved i think the solutions such as the bus connects which we're now seeing being rolled out on the Dublin road these solutions are going to achieve the objectives of the climate action plan which is they're going to provide uh, employees with a reliable way to get to work and home on time um they're going to reduce emissions they're going to make the city easier to get in and out of but what we've proposed so far is very, very limited. Um, like, there's lots of other accesses into the city, not just the Dunham Road, Toome Road, Headford Road, lots of roads where people are parking on the street um, as though that was a somehow uh, constitutional right. It's not. You're going to have to take... We're going to have to take the car parking off the streets, make bus lanes, and facilitate that. And the same city that Kenneth and I would both want to achieve um, there are different ways to achieve it. That's what, where we differ. So, but until Board Panola make a decision, either way, we're stuck. I mean, we've had a series of planning decisions, for example, recently turned down because of the absence of a decision on the Ring Road. I'm thinking of the 71 house on Valley Morning Road, and that was one of the factors that Board Panola took into account. There was also um, planning applications for housing on the Tomb Road, Headford Road. So, planning for housing is in limbo, out 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 on the outskirts of the city, for the same reason that there's no decision made on yeah. the ring Road.
0: But if you take it, I had to go to Noctilcarra on the way into work uh, this mm-hmm. morning, uh, mm-hmm. and I would not normally go to Noctilcarra, but I, I would mm-hmm. come in the, the N59 and yep. in we go. Um, but I had to go to Noctilcarra, and to be quite mm-hmm. honest, the traffic that I hit, um, sure. leaving Noctilcarra this morning, um, I wouldn't like to be facing it every day, let's put it that way. Yeah. And apparently it was but, very bad last Monday, it was bad, uh, yeah. I found it bad this morning, and I'm not talking about nine o'clock, I'm talking about half seven this morning, there was so many people on the road.
2: Yeah, but like, so one of, some of the solutions, you know, one of the obvious solutions to Gaulish transport, and you might be surprised to hear me say it, although we, I, we've spoken before about it, is a new bridge across the cork, Okay, probably from Borna Trav, Across Hertford Road under Coolock Hill and coming over to um, the IDA industrial estate. Those that are, were not proponents of a ring road were not against an, a, another crossing, but the consultants, Eileen McCarthy, you know Eileen from Arup, they were very clear. Their remit was um, that it, the ring road had to start in Ardon and had to end on the Coast Road in Verna. And when you set those conditions, and they're not movable, you create a very high risk on a project, which is it's an all-or-nothing decision. And now it has, in my view, come to potentially a nothing decision, which is go find another way to get across the river, which is, which is a problem, okay? and do it in such a way that doesn't lead to increased emissions. That's, that's the challenge now. I mean, things moved on from the time the design was put together. We live in different dare I say it, we live in different climates in different times, there are other national priorities that this project in my view won't deliver.
0: Uh, Peter, thanks for joining us uh, today and we'll wait and see but um, Kenny, just coming back to you on that one, Peter agrees with you that people need to get to work uh, but uh, if the climate action change is taken into account as per the way it was written uh, this could be a no eventually but sooner rather than later if that's the case.
1: I I try to take emotion out of these uh, things, Keith, uh, but I do find myself getting annoyed sometimes. Um, I think, first of all, looking at the let's say looking at the climate action piece, and in particular, if you look at Galway, and you look at the Barnet-Briar Hill points of entry and exit for the proposed ring road, which is only one part, by the way, of the overall Galway transport strategy, which talks bus connects, which talks cycling infrastructure and pedestrianisation in the urban core, all of which we want and support. However, critically, if you look at Galway as a medieval city on the water, we have 53 kilometers of riverbank and waterway to facilitate as well as protect the heritage of of the city, which if we attempted a linear route through or another way around the coast, you would never get through because you're running into a whole gamut of issues with special areas of conservation, protected lands and so on and so forth. So the consultants who spent years prepping and 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 preparing this application and indeed the strategy that went before it in consultation with the public took account of all those factors now there is one one very uh, correct point that peter is saying is when the Galway transport strategy was being devised and when it was launched in 2016 it the some of the uh, the ambitions in it around public transport and increased pedestrianisation and cycling weren't as ambitious as they need to be. And I think that's going to be taken account of in the review of the transport strategy, which is timely and will take place later this year. However, when Peter talks about planning applications being declined, unfortunately, we're going to see a lot more of that. We're going to see significant hold-ups to further projects unless it's a case that we can deliver this big piece of infrastructure. And this is not just a Galway play. People are looking from across the country at this in Galway because this is a beachhead project. There are other significant large-scale pieces of infrastructure that are very worried if it's a case that we cannot deliver an 18-kilometre stretch of road in Galway. And, and I think for, for the Greens to say or for those in the Green movement to say they just want a decision, but it's that cohort, it's the Friends of Irish Environment who have taken this judicial review to to where we are now and I don't doubt that they're looking at the next move and the next move so on one hand they're saying they want to see a decision but equally they're preparing the firepower to try and use well-intentioned environmental legislation against this project which actually will be the key to unlocking a sustainable Galway of the future that can accommodate a population growth of 50% that we need and all the other ambitions that we have supported by the leaders of Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and Sinn Féin. So to be honest I think the the, the objectors are in the minority but Unfortunately, they're trying to manipulate well-intentioned information to hold up Galway, and that's, in essence, what they'll do.
0: Uh, Some comments coming in. It's all right, uh, talking about public transport and bus lanes, but not much good when there's no bus. Uh, The ring road will only cater for the privileged to own cars. However, this is a minority now, considering the growing population. Time to get public transport sorted and accommodate all. Hi, Keith. The ring road will not be built in the city. European law says our emissions are breaking laws. As we speak, it's time to stop talking waffle. The ring road is dead. I've been involved for almost 25 years and it's over as far as I'm concerned at this stage. And just other calls coming in like that, uh, Kenny. Just coming back, if you want a very quick reaction to those.
1: In, me, uh, in terms of those, I, I think people are frustrated. They're worn out. They're fatigued listening to it without a shadow of a doubt. And I accept why some comments will come in saying it's dead and, and all that. However, actually... What is the alternative? Because if we're looking at the moment, we have four and a half bus connects, roughly speaking, in the Galway transport strategy. Each of those will only affect a certain bit of the population. Now, they'll all step in the right direction and help move things along. But the Dublin Road being the earliest scheme coming out, and it's about two years into the process of delivering a four kilometre stretch, won't be delivered until 2027. And that's being ambitious at the moment. The cross-city scheme is at consultation stroke on board planola stage. Again, that'll be transformative for the linear route that it sits in. If we look at a Gluis, which is probably going to be part of the reviewed Galway transport strategy, and we support it, again, that's a linear route that'll only take point people point to point. What we're not factoring in is there are three constituent populations that need to be dealt with here. Those in the city, those commuting to and from the city, and those moving around the region that don't want to be in the city. And we need a solution. Considering the fact it's a medieval city on the water, with special areas of conservation and everything else, that happens to suit or at least try and bring the majority of those with us. And we haven't mentioned rail. There are significant positive news coming with the upgrade of Cannes station, increased frequency on the line, looking at an Rye commuter service. There are lots of individual constituent yeah. parts that will come together. But actually, in order for Galway to be the progressive, sustainable city of the future, we need them all. And we need it now and we need people to stop coming at two angles and saying, "Oh, they want to see progress, but yet they're legaling up and taking objections and using well-intended legislation as a tool to hold projects up. Because that's just not a sustainable way to deliver that city of the future that we need and want to be.
0: Uh, This final call puts us off going to beautiful Connemara. Is the stress of trying to get through Galway City roll on Change, Kenny Deary. Thank you for joining us uh, today. We'll just have to wait and see. And we're going to put calls out by the way, Kenny, and see how long is this going to take to a more Planola. I'm not going to hold my breath on it, to be quite honest. Uh, but uh, we'll come back to you on it. Kenny Deary, Chief Executive, of Galway Chamber. Peter Butler, Chairman of the uh, Galway Planning Committee. Of Tashke. Your thoughts and comments, please, to the comment lines.
3: Galway Tours, in association
0: with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie uh, Does that man honestly expect on board Planoa to grant permission for a road that's going to increase emissions in Galway City by 50%? Let's get real and the road is over. We now need to get a proper and right to Galway rail, rail Service up and running. Okay. That's um, very, very pleasant, all right. Um, but what about the people in Aknakara, Connemara, and or otherwise? We don't have uh, a train service to bring us all the way into uh, Galway. We don't have a bus service. Uh, I was actually, I said to Joan at the weekend, um, I was, we were going through my cullin, we were in my cullin uh, to do a job, um, and I saw people queuing for the bus in my cullin, and they were heading into the Connock game and otherwise on Saturday. I thought to myself... That'd be lovely now just to leave uh, the car on my cullen, jump on the bus, go into town, do what you have to do and um, come back out again. But like we'd have to drive tomorrow's, leave the car there. It's the same difference for me to drive. If I drive from the house to my cullen, i I'm nearly in Newcastle if I go the other way. So, but it would be lovely, lovely if, you, if we had local bus services to service the whole area. but. We don't, so we don't. A lovely story came our way in relation to the Innovation Exchange uh, Goes West, called for local businesses to join Innovation Marketplace. And Oliver Daniels joins me on the line because in approximately 20 minutes, he's in Castlebar. they will be making this announcement. And he joins me on the line today. Uh, Oliver, good morning to you. Good
3: morning, Keith. Thanks, Thanks for taking the call.
0: This is a lovely story, so it is. But this, this is the first in Ireland, indeed, but it takes in the whole West Coast.
3: It does, Keith, yeah. I mean, really what we're looking at here is a way to uh, matchmake, I suppose, between um, large corporations and small to medium enterprises who are looking to break into the larger corporations. And it be quite difficult. And this is a very innovative way of matchmaking. Like last year, we had over 40 um, calls for action from large corporations, uh, which result, I suppose, being presented via webinars to Multitudes of smaller companies. We've over 200 companies already signed up across Ireland, and now in the West, we're busy signing up companies. We've over 20 companies, SMEs, signed up already. And after today's launch, I think that will more than double. And large corporations like Bordnemona, Glanbia, Ryanair, all putting forward digital problems that they have and looking for small enterprises to maybe who are more agile that could solve them.
0: Give me a practical example without naming names. give me just a practical one
3: so let's say let's take an airline company that's looking to try to save money on uh, baggage handling and how it could do that um, a small local company who has uh, a digital solution on how to track baggage believes it can save cents uh, and cents per passenger and that's the kind of um transformational change that these large corporations are looking for, because they're dealing in in many hundreds of thousands of transactions, and if they can save a tiny amount on the movement or the cost of moving any goods, and if the the solution can be provided, then that will help them to be more agile and improve their service a little bit. Um, And then we're looking at a small maybe, and I could be looking at uh, companies of five to ten people in the west of Ireland who are doing creative things using Uh, Modern technology, whether that's local natural language processing, AI, or any of the other digital tools that are available to companies today.
0: So effectively then you're saying that the talent pool that we have in the west of Ireland, so from the clear border all the way up to the, the, the far side of Mayo and uh, over to Roscommon and right down around, you're saying that that talent pool of people that we spoke to Rita Fox about earlier on um, because she retired, um, they can then tap in to these multinationals so the the bigger companies that want a solution can hive it out to the people, see what they come back with, and it could make the difference for them to streamline their business.
3: Absolutely. And the other big opportunity, I suppose, is we, we've, if we look at lots of our agenda today about people, transport challenges, um, housing challenges, we need to make the rural villages and towns across the West Coast um, more effective places for people to live and work. And if people who, with good ideas can live in Boyle or Ballahadreen or Ballinaa, and still provide solutions which are leading edge, best in class, to uh, multinational corporations, then it's win-win. And I suppose what we have got as well, now that we've got proliferation of broadband, um, people are the, the pandemic did something for us. It got people to realise that it's about outcomes, not necessarily attendance. So many, many people, particularly in the, let's call them the digital workers of today, are quite happy to work from home or to work from maybe a hub like the Galway Technology Centre or Porter Shed or the iHub in in, um, ATU. So there's lots of those hubs that are providing remote working uh, opportunities or places for people to come to work centrally without necessarily going all the way to Dublin or to Cork or Limerick or Galway. So there's lots of those places across the west of Ireland. And what this... um, Innovation Exchange will do. It's actually quite a structured program. It's being supported by SkillsNet, which is really important. The, the, we'll provide training to the SMEs as well to help them to pitch to the larger corporations. So it's not just a case of, we'll do the introductions and walk away. We'll actually help people in terms of how they prepare their bids and how they, they can impress and what are the key buttons to press. So it's really like, uh, as a practical example, one of the large corporations will present a challenge via webinar, they'll present their uh, digital challenge for 20 minutes. And then there's 40 minutes for the smaller companies to ask questions and then potentially come back and say, well, a group of us, maybe not just a company on its own, but a group of companies could decide to collaborate to say we, we could provide a solution here and they'll pitch those solutions. And what we'll do with the innovation exchange is work with those individual companies to help them to prepare those pitches to maximize their opportunity for success.
0: And do you get to charge for this, or is this just all part of...?
3: Well, it's, it's a small... it's a membership fee. It's €250 Euros to become a member of the Innovation Exchange. Um, that's the only charge to the uh, small to medium enterprise. And similarly, then, we will go about signing up some of the large corporations. So I've come from a multinational background, as you know. So myself and my colleagues, Noreen Conway and Brian Muldoon, will be also looking to sign up some multinationals who are looking for that agility that the small to medium sector can give to them. But in terms of the SMEs that are nominal charge, the funding for this is being brought uh, effectively by the Department of Enterprise Trade and Employment through SkillsNet to fund innovation exchange. And it's a, it's a really creative piece of uh, brokering, I think, that's been missing in this sector up to now.
0: So. You're launching today, well, in in twenty odd minutes in Castlebar. So you've decided to bring this into the heart of the West, then?
3: Absolutely. There's all there's a digital West conference in County Mayo today, um, and and we felt it was an opportunity to work with other uh, members across the region. And and you know we're we're lucky in Galway and with large uh, metropolitan area, huge uh, proliferation of of startups, and also. As you know, clusters of large multinationals across both the medical devices and the ICT sector. Um, so we're lucky, so we have that kind of um, ecosystem that's extremely strong. um and it's across other parts of the region we need to make sure that we get out to them as well and bring this to parts of the region. So today is a good opportunity we felt to launch it in Mayo as part of the uh, Digital West conference and you know partnering with the ATU there in Castlebar as well, so a win win for everyone
0: it seems very novel, it seems very progressive, it seems very futuristic um and let's hope that it has a major impact. Can you measure this say in two years' time?
3: yeah, absolutely like we've already like in in one in the first year of Keith, um so last year we three hundred and fifty participants already um Last year, there are five large deals already done between small to medium enterprises and large corporations. And there's another 25 deals in the pipeline that are being worked on. Wow. And we have targets that we've set for ourselves to try to get a dozen deals in the next two years for small companies. So, you know, we're, we're ambitious. Uh, first things first, let's get some companies signed up. Let's start people engaging in the process. But we think it's a, it'll be a win-win. And as you said, we think it's very creative and innovative.
0: But when you say like the baggage handler and a, and a smaller company in Galway working on something like that, you know it it's it's it is futuristic to think that somebody working in a hub where the, wherever they're working could come up with a solution for a, a problem that an airline company is having uh, with baggage handling. Uh, it saves sense, you say, but then it makes sense. and then it they could roll it out right across the world. I mean, from humble beginnings,
3: absolutely key. I mean one of the things I suppose, We've been saying at the GTC is, you know, we're on the edge of Europe, but it can be the leading edge. And there's no reason why um, technology solutions that, you know, small startups are putting up with today can't have an impact. You know, water flows downhill. So people have an engineering problem in Galway. It's the same engineering problem they're going to have in Boston or San Francisco or in Paris. And it's really making sure that we can get access to those markets. But let's start locally. Let's start at home. If we can get this uh, these kind of this dating service and, and get outcomes to us, then we'll also help those companies to have more confidence in how they make this solution. And some of these large multiples, these multinationals will also take the solution to other parts of the world. So I think it'll be win-win.
0: Good stuff. i passed by, by the way, the Golden Technology Centre over the weekend. And that new extension is fairly high and it's going to be very impressive when it's finished.
3: Yeah, it's great, Keith. I mean, it's amazing. I was up there on the fourth floor the other day and uh, I reckon it's got some of the most fantastic views of of the city um, right across the Galway Bay. Um, We'll have 16,000 square feet of new space, over 75,000 square feet in the building overall. We have 350 people working at the GTC at the moment and we hope to bring that to 500. But there will be some really nice new spaces, so if there's anyone out there saying, hey, I think I, I need to get into and not work in a nice community where we've lots of supports as well. So it's not just, we're not in the business of just renting space. We're in the business of building a technology community where people uh, can meet other like-minded, innovative or entrepreneurs and work with them, get ideas. We also provide practical supports in how people can scale. Um, we actually have a, a trip up to Boston or to um, Washington in May where we're bringing a group of local companies over to look at at scaling to the US. So Mm -hmm. um, you know we've got a lot going on as well as the the new building and we've got a lot of ambitions
0: as well. I better let you go to the launch. I take it you've booked your um, new office suite at at the top of the fifth or sixth floor of that unit.
3: (laughs) Actually it's interesting Keith, Uh, one of the things I've been saying to people is is I'm drinking my own champagne. I'm working in a virtual office like lots of the other people in the small to medium enterprises. So I won't have any large physical office. Any of the office space that's available in this new building will be for those SMEs that are looking to uh, move to the next stage. So no, you won't see Ollie on the fourth floor
0: you will still be up there, keeping an eye on things. And uh, thanks for joining us uh, today on the uh, program, Oliver Daniels, uh, joining us for that Innovation Exchange going live today and going west as well. Further details can be had quite simply uh, by just uh, you can contact uh, uh, Ollie during um, in the Gold Technology Centre, or just put in uh, indeed uh, in the Innovation Exchange, Galway, and get further details from there. Uh, Ten forty. Where has the morning gone to so far? We're back just after these.
1: Galway Talks, in association
3: with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you.
0: Now, oh, very good morning to you. Some comments uh, coming in to us uh, today. We'll just give them to you as we've got them. Keith, okay, 30 years in the uh, country area where I lived, we had one bus going to Galway and back. Now, for the past 10 years, dot, 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 there is no bus at all uh, going into Galway. It's about 15 miles from Galway where I live. Now, Keith, is this progress or what? People out in the country are left stranded. They have bus passes, but no buses. It's a pure joke. Leave your car at home and take a bus or train. Very hard to do when there is no bus or train where we are. Uh, Keith, what about all the emissions uh, that is released when it takes 40 minutes to do a seven-minute journey? Now, that's the question. And I think you're dead right there. 40 minutes to do a seven-minute journey. It's a good one. It really is. Let me go to Garda Marcus uh, Flynn, who joins me on uh, the line from the Community Policing Office uh, in uh, Galway Garda station. Um, Garda Flynn, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Thanks for joining us uh, today. We're looking at a burglary first off today. We're going to the Bridge area, but you've got full details on this.
4: Keith, between Thursday the 19th and Thursday the 26th of January, a burglary took place at a property in Courty in Clarenbridge in County Galway. Enter entry was gained by forcing the rear doors of the house and the house was then ransacked. Garrity, you're appealing for anyone who may have noticed any persons or vehicles acting suspicious in the area to contact or more Garda Station on 091 388030.
0: Now we're looking at a theft from an MPV, so we are, and uh, this uh, happened in Rahileyng Glebe in the Ban area
4: between approximately 9 p.m. on Wednesday the 25th and 9 a.m. on Thursday the 26th of January. A silver Volkswagen Golf was broken into in Rahileyng Glebe. A large quantity of tools was taken from the car, including a Milwaukee drill, a Makita impact driver, Knipex nose pliers. Uh, Knipex wrenches, Kitex pliers, 10 man multimeter, spec savers, prescription safety goggles, and a Makita battery pack, and a large quantity of other general hand tools. Anyone who may have witnessed this or have any other information is asked to contact Gala Guard Station on 091 000, or the Garda Confidential line on 1 800 And indeed, Keith, if anyone has offered any of these items for sale, they might contact their local guard station.
0: Absolutely. I mean, to be honest, they are so identifiable. Did somebody come to you recently and offer you um, a, a, a toolkit like this? If so, would you be good enough, whether they're friends, family, or you don't know them at all, but you have their contact detail, would you contact all the station on 538000 and say, look it, I heard the Flynn on the wireless. I was offered those for sale from Paddy X or Joey Y and um, let them know from there. Now we're looking at the unauthorised uh, taking indeed of a scooter.
4: On Friday the 27th of January between 4 p.m. and 7 p.m., a black Segway ES4 electric scooter was stolen from the bike rack in Air Square. Anyone may have witnessed this or with any other information is asked to contact Galway Gower Station on 538000.
0: Again, a bit of divilment, I'd say, on this one, but you're going to a theft on the Hedford Road.
4: That's correct, Keith. On Friday the 27th of January between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m., a garden table was taken from a ground floor apartment in the nacarabha on the Headford Road. Gardaí are appealing for anyone who may have noticed any persons or vehicles acting suspicious to contact Gola garage Station on 538000.
0: Um, we're looking at criminal damage and for the first one there, were in Market Street. That's
4: Keith, we're in the city centre here on Friday the 27th of January at approximately 10pm a business property on Market Street in the city centre had its window broken. Any of may have witnessed this or with any other information is asked, again, to keep the contact, Galwick Air Station on 538000.
0: And for the next criminal damage, we're going to Gertna on the Headford Road there.
4: On Friday 27th of January, between 4.40am and 5.20am, damage was caused to a number of doors in an apartment block in Gertna on the Headford Road. Again, anyone with any information is asked to contact Gola Garda Station on 538000 or the Garda Confidential Line on 1800 666
0: 111. And um, I know there's some boundary changes in Oranmore there as well, so there is.
4: Keith, we're just making a public reminder. Um, as the public may be aware, there is a new operational model and boundary changes in the Athenry, Loch George, Oranmore and Monave areas. These changes do not affect the ability for Gardie to cover calls in those areas and uh, there is no changes to manpower or the ability to respond to calls. The public office in Oran Moore Garda Station is open daily from 9 to 5 or 9 to 7 and the hours are displayed for open on the other outside stations. If due to operational uh, reasons there is nobody in the public office, the calls will be diverted to Clifton Garda Station you can leave a message here and it will then be relayed to the Guardian in either Athanarai, Loch George, Monabay or or more. Uh, If immediate assistance required, as always, it's 999 and in essence, Keith, it's just business as usual.
0: All right, well, congratulations uh, on that. But again, 999 uh, or else if you want to get further details, um, the other emergency services are there as well. Gather Marcus, thank you for joining us uh, today on the programme. Have a good and a safe week, but can we try and find the person who stole these tools? He was quite specific. Um, from They were taken from a car Milwaukee drill, Mikita impact driver, uh, Knipex nose pliers. Sounds painful. Maybe the person who stole them should feel the pain as well. Uh, the Nipex wrenches, Kitex pliers, Tenna multimeter, SpecSavers prescription uh, safety goggles, Mikita battery pack. They have been put for sale by somebody. In the last week, they're not leaving them in the back of the band, so they're not. So they've been put for sale. So, could we just take this as a pilot exercise? Have you been offered it recently? Because there's somebody else's uh, tools of work. So, have you been offered it? If you have, would you be good enough to ring uh, Goldberg Garden station 538000 and get involved from there? Some of the other comments, by the way, coming in uh, today, Keith. Um, I agree, 30 years ago we had better transport than what we have now. Keith, well said to the person about 40 minutes to do the seven-minute journey. Uh, They're right, and uh, hopefully uh, this gets the green light. Uh, Does that man honestly expect on board Planola to grant permission? Really and truly. And another caller said, uh, Keith, we love Connemara. Absolutely, and we're listening to you in Athlone, and we love Connemara, but it's the traffic that gets us uh, going through Galway City um, another caller said Keith uh, I come from Tullamore uh, to Connemara and I do so quite often but I go cross country and I go through Connemona and uh, into Connemara that way I find it easier this caller said and on the telephone lines today uh, Keith there's a farmer missing 25 sheep from Lime Hill Lockray. Um, can we try and get on to that man and see what happened Who would steal 25 sheep belonging uh, to a gentleman? Uh, Why don't they go underground? It would not interfere with any houses at all, this caller said. And, uh, Keith, that interview with Sean Canney was fantastic. And uh, another caller said, I cannot believe that Sean Canney is on air again. He's on the radio every second day. He's only talking about this to keep his name out there before the electorate. He's not on the radio every second day. We keep a log of people who are on this programme. John keeps it. He's like, he's like your man that's in um, I Want to Pick a Pocket or Two, he writes them all down in the black book. And they're not on every second day. They're not on twice a week, never mind every second day. Uh, Keith, where's Hildegard Nocturne when it comes to Ambro Planola and this decision? Why is she not on the radio today? Um, we put a call into her and texted her this morning, so we're waiting for her input. But I do believe there's a cabinet meeting today, and as chief whip, she's at that. My family and I are living in a corporation house. There's a major problem with mould and dampness in the house. I've notified the city council, and they will not do anything about this. They either hang up the phone or they don't get back to you. I contacted a social worker who works with the council come out and check the house and the council actually stopped them from coming. My breathing is deteriorating too. Well, I've dealt with the city council for a long time and I've never heard them hanging up the phone on me and I can be kind of strong myself at times. Uh, I would suggest what you do is you go to your local councillor is what I would suggest you do. Uh, Bring it to their attention see can they broker some kind of peace there. Uh, Keith would not have had mother and baby homes if the man had not impregnated the women. Uh, the finger was never pointed at the man. Uh, they have a part to play in this too. I'm not saying they don't. Uh, why is that the last train out of Galway Keith on Saturday evening leaves at seven o'clock? Uh, I asked you yesterday and you didn't answer it. Well, I'm sorry I didn't answer it. I didn't get a chance to answer it, but we'll see where it goes from there. Can somebody put a, put a, a little bit of um, a little bit of meat on that for me, please? is it really 7 o'clock for the last train on a Saturday what do you think Elton Galway Talks in association with Tesco find our award winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie